All right, hey everybody, this is uh, Fig and Locke Coast to Coast. I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Locke. All right, we're glad to be back with uh, episode two of our new of our of our new season of our new podcast. Uh, thanks to those who took a listen to our welcome back episode. So I'm glad we still got some listeners out there, and hopefully um, you guys are telling people about the cast, and we can keep the subscribers going. So, but with that, uh, Mr. Locke, how you been, man? I've been good. I've been real good. You know, I'm a nice week. Weather's been nice. I, I can't be mad about it. You know, God's I hear good. it's hot over there, dude. I hear you guys got some excruciating temperatures and humidity over there on the East Coast. Yeah, you know, it, I think it's just the dog days of summer. We're we're like at the point now where you're just getting tired of summertime. The summertime should be over now, but it's not. Uh, you know, we still got another like two weeks of summer. You know, at like uh, not official summer, but like I unofficial summer because kids are gonna go back to school and all that jazz. You got Labor Day next weekend. Is it next weekend? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. so you got so you got like two more weekends. So people are getting out and about. It's hot. It's muggy. It's it, what it is. It almost feels like pseudo Miami weather without the breeze. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like because Miami always feels muggy like it's going to rain oh dude and Miami then it rains a little like, I always hate to go I mean I enjoy Miami I enjoy visiting my in-laws but Miami like I feel like I'm drinking water as I walk outside because the air is so thick with humidity it's outrageous it just sucks yeah, the just out, out there it. yeah and it just feels like it but then it's just a dry heat there's no breeze no nothing you're just kind of just dealing so yeah that that's definitely a thing there awesome well, I'm glad you're doing well, dude. Uh, we're doing good out here, uh, out in the uh, out in Hawaii. We just had a trip out to the Big Island, so enjoy Big Island. With, yeah, enjoy a little time with the family, a little vacation time away from work. Uh, so, uh, and I think I posted plenty of pics on on Facebook and Instagram to kind of share that experience. But it was it was it was pretty awesome. Can't, uh, it's, uh, it's always nice to get a little change of scenery. Um, you know, there's unfortunately one of the things I miss about being on the mainland is. You get in your car, you just drive, you know, and you kind of go places. A few hours, you already change your scenery, and you kind of start mm-hmm. seeing new things. Here, man, you drive, you know, forty-five minutes east, west, north, <laughs> and uh, you hit water. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, I've been to every beach, I've been to every area. So it's every weekend is trying to reinvent uh, something new. But, but then again, in the, the day, I can't complain because I live in paradise. But, um, at any rate, I don't want to waste much more time. Uh, uh, but always good to catch up so a couple things big in the news this week um pop uh, well uh, politically um i think there are interesting things to talk about especially considering that we kind of come from this mid weird middle generation that a lot of people overlook you know we you know and i, I think everyone realizes i'm talking about you know the, the loan the big loan forgiveness news that broke this week uh I'm, I'm sure everybody's following it but just as a quick recap you know biden came out wednesday and basically said if you're making less than 125,000 a year you know he'll he'll for, they're going to forgive up to ten ten thousand dollars in federal loans. Um, and I think if you make and then I think there's even an opportunity to get up to twenty thousand dollars, depending. I forget what the I'd have to go back and take a look at the details. But but point is, obviously the whole internet's an uproar about it. You got people on the right who are really and on the, and on the right side of it who are extremely upset. Arguably, I can see their point of view, but of course, you know there and then there are a lot of folks, especially young folks, who are who are um, holding on to a great deal of debt? Who who feel you know pretty happy about it? Although there's a large part of the liberal left who feels like it doesn't go far enough. But 
I think what's interesting is there's our generation, which is kind of in the middle where, you know, uh, that we kind of grew up with this, this idea that like, if you take out loans, you got to pay for them. But I think we also see that there is a, some advantages to this kind of thing, but I've talked enough on it. So I'll kind of turn over to you and get your thoughts on it. And then we'll kind of see where it goes. You know, you know, you brought up a point that I want to sidebar real quick. You know, what really bothers me is that it's never enough for the liberal left. It's, it's never <laughs> yeah. enough. It's Agreed. just never enough. Agreed. Like, can you please just make a, a deal? Like, damn. Like, oh, I, I well, we want a hundred percent. Well, I, I, we'll be happy with fifty. Nope, that's not enough. That's just not enough. I'm like, good gosh. Like, just let it go, guys. Like, it's compromise. Not everybody's the same. Good lord. No, but I, I, I mean, it's it always, it's always that. Like, oh, ten thousand, not enough. Oh, uh, the stimulus checks, oh, twelve hundred, just not enough. I'm like, ah. Guys, please. He's like, come on. But um, loan forgiveness is uh, definitely a weird subject because um, I, I can see it from two point of views. Like, there are some people out here that will that have a hundred thousand dollars in school loans. There is some people out there that like make that and make more than that, and it doesn't apply to them. They're like, well, I'm paying for that. Or you got people like me. And that I'm not one of those people, but people out there that would be like, oh, well, I'm paying for somebody's schooling. Now, that's crazy. I, I can't believe that. Thanks a lot, Biden. It's like, I, I don't I care less. Uh, my taxes go to go to a lot of stuff I don't believe in, but it's fine. But at the same time, I look at I the same, same way I look at it as somebody out there will have this and it's going to help them. Somebody out there is going to go to school, have been to school that makes less than 125000 because a lot of people out there that do. All right. Talk, hashtag check notes, social workers. They don't get paid a lot. And they go to school and they have loans like everybody else. And yeah, the, the, that $10,000 doesn't do a lot in the big scheme of things, but it helps. It is a relief. It's called a relief. It's not a loan takeaway. It's not erasing your loan. It's a relief. Just like if your car tax, you get a relief on your car tax. They took $50 off your bill. It's a relief. You still got to pay a bill. So, you know, that's why I look at it. I'm just kind of like, hey, I mean, so be it. Some people are going to like it. I'm not going to take advantage of it at all. But some people are going to take advantage of it and good good on them, you know, and, and I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, I think – so I, I think we were talking about this briefly before the podcast. I have mixed feelings about it, right? Like I, I do I, – I completely empathize with the fact that there are some socioeconomic advantages to this, especially as we mentioned, like unfortunately – low-income minorities tend to be the biggest recipients of of having to use federal loan and aid, federal aid right i'm i i use federal student aid when i was you know going through college my parents had to take out federal lo- student aid loans for me um they actually were able to help pay on them while i was in school so when i got out i mean i still had a large amount of debt but because we were paying on them they were paying on them while i was going through school and i don't want to my parents did not have a lot of money. Okay, we were blue. We were a blue-collar family. My dad was, you know, was a retired senior chief in the Navy, and then he went and worked a contracting job. They don't make a ton of money. Uh, we were single-income households, but they were able to pay enough on them through it while I was in school. That when I came out of school, I still had some debt, but it wasn't huge. Like it, it could have been way bigger. Um, but I was fortunate enough to get employed, and I was able to, and I, and I made paying off my loans a priority. So I was able to dedicate money toward them, you know, for straight out of my paycheck where I got them paid off and, and, 
in in the five years time like i consolidated them i think i forget my interest rate was I think it was somewhere around 4.5 percent and i was able to get them paid off you know but it does influence how you make choices like i had to like that's and that was like i think i was putting at the time i had put away like 550 a month on them and you know when you're when you're a young person in the workforce, 500 bucks a month does make a difference. Yeah, it does influence choices you make, especially now when you're like you know, uh, when you're. Well, I was reading a guy's post the other day. He was putting he has like 1,200 a month that he puts aside for student loans. That does that's a that's a mortgage payment in some yeah, it is. like that in some places yeah, rent. You know, I mean, so I, I get it. Like I, I I can see how this is a like especially now like. You know, if you want, you can't even you can't even begin to start your life or you start to have a family if you're putting away twelve hundred dollars a month in student loans. Like it, it is really significant. At the same time, I I am the kind of person, and I guess it's the this kind of person the way I was raised. I have a more conservative, fiscally conservative outlook. So I feel like if you're going to take out a loan, you know that there are responsibilities that you have responsibility to pay back that loan. Um, you know, I. I I don't want to sound like I I'm, I'm I side with banks, but at the same time, like loan money, it's not it's, that that money has to come from somewhere. So at the same time, that money should be should be paid back uh, with the interest, um, you know, with, with the interest required. Um, so I, I'm a little torn. On, I'm a little torn, torn on it. I think, uh, and I also do. I, I can I can empathize too with people who are upset about it because for those that decide to enter the workforce right after high school. Um, and this are now sa- are being saddled to a degree, whether you know maybe a small degree. I'm not, I can't. I don't have the facts in front of me how how much that is, but I think I saw political facts mentioned about two thousand dollars a taxpayer. Um, so I can see why they'd be upset because they didn't they don't own a responsibility for your decision to go to college. So I can see why they'd be upset as well. It's it, it is. A, so I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I just hope that I know that each individual person is allowed to apply for the loan. So I hope that they take into effect, like obviously they're taking into account how much you make your income, but part of me feels like it should be more than that. Like, you know, what did you, what, what did you major in? Did you, is, is your job as a job you're in related to the major you chose, you know, or maybe, maybe not. I know a lot of people don't necessarily get in that major in one thing in school, get in the job, get in the workforce and do something completely different. That uh, happens a lot, lot. It happens a lot. You know, I mean, lot, I know lot. people that majored in one thing and then they really, just by the nature of the fact they went to college, were able to get a job doing something else. Um, but I just feel like they're, they're hopefully they, the application takes process takes into fact, like what, what you studied, you know, was it STEM related, you know, science, technology, math, um, you know, was it a marketable skill or was it something, or did you just kind of, pick the easy major to you know get through college i don't know I mean, that, that could be the bitter bitter old man talking right there but hmm. um and then other things other factors too uh i find i kind of feel like that need to be taken in consideration or uh so obviously you're, you're uh you know what you studied and what you're doing and um but well i don't know i'll leave it at that yeah I mean, you're. I think I, I understand the physically um, being physically conservative, understanding like we're not trying to add more debt, and I fully understand that, you know. But I also part of me says that like if there's a chance, like personally speaking, myself, my my ideology says that I think that everybody should be allowed 
an opportunity, a free opportunity to get an associate's degree. All right. And my, that's my belief. Okay. That's, I guess that's the liberal in me. So I'm like, everybody should at least have associates. If you want to go bachelor, you got to spend some money because, all right, um, you need to do what you got to do. But that gives everybody at least a chance to work for us to learn uh, another skill or trade at a fair shot with everybody else. And then if you, you want to continue on, that's on you to do it. You know, and I just feel that, yeah, uh, Americans deserve a chance to, you know, try to get out of it. And at the big sum of it, unfortunately, what's not being solved is the system's broken. You know, these large universities have huge endowments and they're charging an, an ass just for uh, admission to their school. Even in school or out of school, like in the last 10 years, it's gone up crazy. And then you hear people like these senators talking about, oh, I went to school. It cost me only $16,000 for four years. Well, good for you, Elizabeth. But, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily apply now because now schooling for like at the bigger schools could cost you about forty to 50000 a year. Yeah, that, that is true. They haven't, there hasn't been a lot of effort put into how do we reduce the cost of higher education. I mean, I went to VMI. It cost me ten thousand a year, which, you know, in twenty, it was twenty thousand a year, I think, if you were out of state. But, I mean, now, I mean, the 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 price of college of all, like, if you look at the trend of like inflation over time, like it is the steepest curve. Like it has gone up so like so high and so fast. And large part of that's because we've kind of told everybody that you have to go to college in order to be successful. Like we completely ignored that trade schools are an option. Like uh -huh. there, are, um, you know, places like ECPI or like, yep. you know, there are other places to get a higher to get a higher level education or to get a skill set that is marketable in the workplace. We we kind of, I think, are, you know, I can, I, I my parents, you know, told me I I will go to college. I didn't even know what that meant necessarily when I was in middle and like in middle school or like in freshman in high school. I just knew that I had to go do this thing because you know, I, like we we've pretty much told young people they have to go to college. Uh, no matter what so there's obviously you have an increase in demand and there's a limited amount of supply oh by the way like if you want a quality education that requires investment which means that that just raises prices even more so yeah i mean I, it, we have done very little to kind of to to reduce the the cost of going to of going to going into to school and if you want to go like public is probably a little is not as uh is probably a little more manageable but Again, we've told everybody that if you don't go to Ivy League school, then you're not going to amount to anything. So private right. Ivy League prices are even ten like ten times crazy, higher. crazy. So I, yep. But at the same time, I do feel like we should. So there's that piece of it. We should we need to find a way to reduce the cost of school. Uh, uh, but at the same time, I think we need to find other ways to incentivize. Like a good example. And this is where I was. This is where I want to go. And I completely lost my train of thought. So there, there's an article I read a, a couple months ago. There was a medical school in New York City that was basically covering the cost of med school if you were willing to get your your MD in like um, in a, like a in care for emergency rooms or something like that because basically there was a huge there was a huge gap in doctors required to staff like ERs because it because it doesn't make a ton of money like the big money ones are like neurosurgeon. Um, you know, that kind of stuff, like brain surgery, heart surgery. So like, right. because they're more, yeah. obviously they're more niche things. So a lot of people were, were, were spending tons of dollars in loans 
to go do be these kind of doctors right but so the med school said hey look we're willing, we will fund your education if you're willing to go be an er doctor but er doctors also like you it, it, the flip side of that is the well-being like uh, eat like a neuroscience neuro doctor or something like that they they work a very specific schedule that they get planned who women right. and when they do that stuff but, where your ER doctor, you're always on call. You know right. what I mean? Are you gonna just watch any television show and see these doctors sleeping in there long 12, 24, 23 hour shifts? Like it's a bit crazy. Right. But I guess like, my question why? is is that is that a symptom of the fact that there is such a big gap, right? Like if you had more ER doctors, you could you can now reduce the amount of like the amount of impact scheduling impact there is, right? So right. like if right this would be I think if because there's such, there aren't enough ER doctors you have that you have that overscheduling and that on call whereas if you had more you could probably could put more like like hey it's like you know it's like it's like manning a watch floor right like I've I've got this much manning to man like a, a seven day twenty four hour watch floor but if I had more manning I could reduce the amount of shift work the, the like the time that you're on the watch floor right like same same thing. So you go from now from a 12 hour ER like ER doctor shift to like a 6 hour ER doctor shift because I've got so much my 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 bench is so is so deep. Right, but I think the problem is it's a business. So then they have to figure out how they're going to make money and they're going to cut costs to try to whatever whoever is the CEO and the board members running this doctor hospital doctor office this hospital and they're going to try to cut costs because they're x amount of doctors and they might cut the pay they might cut the nurses they might they're going to figure out a way to shave some money because they're not going to just unfortunately in this world business business and greed i mean like takes over and i think that's what's going to happen yeah. and that's where it comes that's what it comes into like this you look at a, a hospital and there's like on a floor in a wing there's like oh there's like three doctors but there's like nine rooms you're like what's happening yeah. i mean you know and it's you know they're just bounced between rooms they're you know they're working hard most of the, the, the can, nurses and stuff like that it's I mean, a whole all the, oh, right yeah i don't, I don't want to lose out the, the point i mean yeah we can argue the cynicism of of corporate of corporate of, of corporate hospitals but and then and then i mean <laughs> my, my, i guess my point is i mean we needed we should have been trying to find a way to incentivize people or incentivize uh, companies or schools to cover that to 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 cover those costs, right? Yeah. Like like for example, another example, you know, I mean, we have ROTC scholarships for people that want to join the military, right? Like we identify people coming out of high school that we have we believe have the potential to serve in the armed forces, and we say, hey, we'll pay for your education if you come work, you know, give us four years of your life afterwards, right? Right. Why can't corporations do the same thing? Why can't Lockheed Martin, like, basically say? Hey, we think you have the potential to come work for us at the end of your and the end of four years. You know, if you may, if you, if, as long as you take a technology, if you do a major in something technolo technologically related, whether it be aerospace or you know mechanical engineering, whatever. You know, hey, we'll invest you in your four years of school, and then you come out and you come and work for us for four to six years on the back end to make sure we get a return on our investment. Like, I think there are ways to incentivize those costs as opposed to just giving everybody, Hey, we're going to give everyone $10,000 of debt forgiveness. I mean, you know, yeah. it sounds like this is a t relatively temporary thing, but at the same time, like, I think we need to explore in those options as opposed to just saying, Hey, you go to school, you major whenever you want, you accrue whatever loan debt you have, and we'll just forgive you on the back end of it. Yeah. I mean, I, when you're looking, you're looking for the big fix. And I think 
a lot of companies out there are. There are some companies, especially in the tech companies, are like, hey, you come here, we'll pay for your training in this field. You're not going to make what everybody else makes because we're teaching you. But after you're done training and you have on the job training, you're going to get you're going to get there. And then hopefully you'll like this job and you'll stay. But it's a it's a gamble that some businesses probably won't. I think the whole like somebody from high school going through college for four years and then going to go for Lockheed Martin. And there's going there's going to be a contract somewhere that's going to take 10 years. You're, you're like you're going to work for them for 10 years. Essentially, your 10 years of your life on their payroll. Somehow they're paying for you now. And then on the back end, you know, and that's if you don't screw it up, you know, what I mean, or that's definitely some hot. Uh, so we do not have anything knowing that Lockheed Martin's going to do something like this or not. We're just talking, you yeah, know, what I mean, yeah, obviously. we're just talking. I don't I don't want nobody to be like, oh, they, 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 they said and like we didn't say that. But it's uh, it's definitely an interesting um, venture because you have a point if you as to teach someone that has nothing, has has no bad habits what you want them to learn in the work field, you know, there's great benefits to that. Yeah, they won't know anything else, but they'll know what you teach them. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know. It's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a challenge for, you know, the younger generation. Like I, like I said, like I, I do empathize with the, like the amount of debt that a lot of these guys are coming out of school with. And, and, and it's not just people who didn't major in something. I mean, I know people, plenty of people that majored in worthwhile things like cyber and cybersecurity and computers and everything else. And, and it's not that they didn't find a job; they did find jobs. But at the end, of, but it's still at the end of the day, regardless of whether they now they got grants or whatever, they still accrued a great deal of debt, and that they have to that they're burdened with, and it does it does make an impact on how they live their lives. So yeah. again, I'm not empathetic to it, but again, uh, but and to that point, you know, while we're talking about young, the young, young, the young generation, um, uh, there's you know, I think I don't know if we've heard I don't know if you guys saw recently, but. You know, Forbes and a bunch of others have been reporting on this idea of of quiet quitting and quiet firing and quiet dumping, which again is something I, again, our generation has never dealt with, but it apparently is now a thing. So, have you heard about this or? Uh, this is made popular after a uh, TikToker, yeah, um, said about it, and he had like millions upon millions of views. That's how TikTok works, and. Um, people are signing off to it. Signing on to it. For me, it's a I uh, uh, thumbs down. I am not a supporter of this at all. Uh, it is for me. It feels like it is a product of Gen Z cell phone technology. That's what it feels like. People break up over text messages. People breaking up like that. Like it's just passive aggressiveness. I don't like my job, so I'm gonna keep my job, work half ass, and then find another job. If you don't like your job, all right, granted, you don't like your job. I understand. We've all had jobs we don't like before. You don't like your job, you still put in the work that you're supposed to do, but then you can still look for another job by still putting in the work you're supposed to do. People are literally not working as hard. They're working just to the minimum. And what you're doing is you're damaging the brand of that company, one. Two, you're damaging your workability. Because if you think you could turn on and turn off, it don't work like that. Now I'm not talking about like working on like McDonald's or Burger King, Taco Bell, and you're quietly quitting Taco Bell. Man, you just whatever. I'm talking about like people that like work in like like not like Project Mama, but like making like web pages and stuff like that. Marketing, sales. You don't get better at those jobs by not doing it. You get better at it by doing it more, more reps, getting 
understanding the ins and outs and everything else. And yeah, you could be like, all right, cool. I, I did this job. There's other jobs out there paying more, but you're gonna still have to put in that work you're doing at that place. You are obligated to that job because you came I didn't to them. Understand that. Okay, phone. You came. <laughs> <laughs> Siri has comments apparently. <laughs> apparently so. But well, Alexa wanted to. Uh, you know, at the same time, you have an obligation. You came to them for a job, so you have to respect that. You know what I mean? And and if you're a problem at your workplace, you talk to your boss. But this whole passive aggressive, oh, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm gonna quietly quit my relationship. Quiet, qu quietly quitting a relationship sounds like cheating. That's what it sounds like. You're just searching quietly while you're still with someone, and you're just gonna search for somebody out there. That's what it sounds like to me. You could, you could, uh, that's that's running game. I'm quietly quitting her. Oh, okay, okay, sir. You're just cheating on her. You're just, you're just. What is this? That's what it sounds like to me. That's what it sounds like to me. It's such yeah. a joke. I think. It, well, I, I don't even think it's just this generation. I think it's been going on a lot longer than I think we're willing to admit. I, I can tell you, I've seen, I've seen in my experience, like I've literally had discussions with when when fellow you know supervisors and middle management, like, oh, this person's not working out, so we should just move them. And I'm like, well, how about we do that leadership thing where we actually bring them into the office and like try to talk to them and counsel them and make them a better person, like. It's it's there's definitely it's been going on for a long time. I can tell you in, in my work I've seen it where like if 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 people don't like if people don't like you or think you know or at least from a management perspective because there's a whole there's also this whole thing called quiet firing where they just stop like they basically have determined that you're not going to do well so they just don't engage with you or don't try to or where in hopes that you'll just kind of quit the job. Whereas you know if we're going to be good leaders and good managers if we find someone that you know is not is either subpar or not carrying their weight either a just outright fire them if you cannot fire them which is often the case in some in government work or government contract work like you at least owe it to them to bring them in the office counsel them and t t tell them why they're messed up and give them opportunity to be better if they can't be better then you note it and you go to hr and you see what you can do to get this person removed like i, I hate this idea of like as you mentioned passive aggressiveness like like i'm just not gonna well i don't I don't believe in this person, so I'm just gonna deal with them and hope that they leave. Well, that's not the answer. Like you know, and then on the flip side of it, like you mentioned, the quiet quitting thing too. Like I totally believe that you should be you should be compensated for the work that you've been hired to do. So if you were if you're if you were hired to do like these four or five line items, and you're doing those four or five line items, nothing more than you you can you should be continuing to get paid for what you are doing. However. Nice. If the employer gives you more responsibility outside of the four or five line items you were hired to do, and it, or or increasing those line items, and not compensating you for it, I can totally see why someone would be like, "Well, I'm doing I'm doing the bare minimum. I'm doing the job I was hired to do. If you're not gonna if you're going to add more to it, then you should compensate me or promote me, based on that fact." So I, I like and I think I, where I, I I can empathize with some with, with some of the some of the stuff I'm reading is that. I think there, like, there is a very real situation where people, where employers add more work to uh, an employee's portfolio, and they don't don't compensate them for it. I um, think where you're, I think where you're looking at it is that in that type of scenario, I think I believe that it's a problem with the leadership. One hundred percent. The the leadership's the problem, not and the person does not actually handle it, and. Like I've been in situations where I've had people give me more work and beyond my job, and I do it in the essence that I'll do it in the essence that 
somebody will recognize that I'm doing it and it'll pay off later. Uh, I'm a little smarter about it now than 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I'd do it and quietly do it and be like, yeah, I did it. Thanks, boss. And it, nothing happens. And now I'm more of, uh, I'm doing it and I'm kind of sounding the alarm bell that, hey, look, I look at all the stuff I'm doing. Check that out. And I use it as a timeline of my work that I do. I'm not just doing my job, I'm doing this person's job, that person's job, and this job. I understand what I could do is you give me more money and from that point every single time i've always made more money every year well i think and what you described too though is like that's our generation right we were we were brought up by like our parents are are the are the boomer generation correct but we were always brought up like if your boss tells you to do something you do it regardless right like you're just you know that's the work ethic we were brought up on and like regardless of what you were hired to do like you do what you're told to, you do what has been told to you by your employer and you do it and you know i think now that we're older and wiser i think we know that that's not entirely right like like you said like you need to you'll do it but you're, you're going to draw attention to the fact that you did those that extra stuff and hopes that you're going to get compensated later on um and i try to make sure that when i do my when i do my employees performance evaluations that i take very specific note of the fact that here are the things that they were hired to do and what they're doing and then here are the things that they went above and beyond to do and i'm going to make sure that I, they rate them as such because that inf impacts their ability to be promoted later on down the road or to correct compensation absolutely absolutely but, and that's what but, i'm saying like where people yeah. they when they do the bare minimum and they believe that all right well i'm doing the bare minimum at my job like that mentality isn't going to get you anywhere in life you're going to wonder why some people are going to be more successful than you and people are going to have more opportunities than you and you're like i'm not sure why it's happening well because you're working the minimum mm. you, you know elon musk didn't do the minimum you know what i mean he he dreamed big no you know I mean? well i think there's jeff bezos dream i think big. there's a difference between drive and motivation versus like like one thing i've observed about about young folks uh <laughs> young, folks. <laughs> young folks people in their like I'm like millennials, Gen Z years, whatever, whatever they're labeled these days is like, they definitely have a better appreciation of like, and I, and I know my, our generation and above always kind of like ridicules them for this, but like they have a better appreciation for like their mental health, right? Like they're like managing their stress level. A good example is what's her, the, the, the gymnast, um, from, from Chesapeake. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Simone Biles. Simone Biles. Like people, like I remember like when, when, when she, quit the team like people like our age and up were like how could you do that like how could you do that to the team you worked so hard to get there blah blah but then there were people younger than us who were like no she understood that like she her mind is not in the right place and that she could get hurt if her mind's not in the right place like yeah are, and then that's have, i think that's that's real talk because that's yeah. she's a she's a gymnast at the olympics which you're like the party was like whoa it, it yeah. shouldn't be but then another thing is she uh if she's not the right headspace to be flipping, yeah, and doing all that, yeah, do not do that. So I think I would I would rather her bail out than her hurt herself dramatically on the world stage. That is not the way. Right now, I, now granted, like you know, work stress is maybe a bit different, but at the same time, like I think we, I think the generation below us has definitely seen that. Hey, I can work myself to death in hopes that I'll get promoted and make a ton of money later on. But at the same time, the flip side of that is I, je I might jeopardize my marriage or I might jeopardize my personal relationships or, you know, I might become yeah. suicidal. Like they've, they've, they've 
uh, come to appreciate they've come to see what the, their parents went through you know uh and they've been kind of realized like hey you know what at the end of the day this is a job like this job is going to be with me maybe 20 years of my life you know at the end of the day but 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 I would, am i going to kill myself for something that that means only so much to me uh, you know I, I guess my point is that they just have a better appreciation for their mental health and they appreciate the fact this is just a job and there are other yeah. you know I feel that and I feel that like yeah you have to make a choice I have made in my lifetime a lot of choices that skewed corporate and away from my personal life and as an older man now I look at it as I didn't sit around and enjoy life like I should have I'm trying to enjoy life now and but by the same time I I don't want the youth, the Gen Zs, to not understand the word grit, because oh, 100%. grit is gonna because yeah, yeah. grit is you could quickly say oh my god I found a little bit of stress in my mental health I right, slow down partner you know all because it's got a little tough you know I mean you're this is not the way you like you have to tough this out you're gonna have to find a way because life is not gonna be fun not life's not all participating in trophies. Well, that's, you well, have well, to win. Yeah. You have to lose. And we've talked about this too: mental toughness and grit. We, we actually had yeah. a podcast on it earlier yeah, on. And I, I totally agree with you. Like, there is too. There, it's weird. Like, there's like there's needs to be, like, there needs to be like this, um, melding of like grit, but appreciation for one's own health. Like health. Like, I get it. Like, there are. I do see there are some people that were like, oh, mental health day. It's like, what are you so stressed about? Like, you, you're you're like you're tasked to do like two things. Like. But you know, but there, but then there are those that like because they're great, they're great workers, and they do it's they they do so good, they do so what's asked of them that they become the sponge of more and more work with no compensation except yeah. for added stress. And I think you know, but I think to the point you made earlier, the the answer is not to be passive aggressive about it. The answer is to like talk to your employer and say, hey, either going to compensate me for the work I'm doing or I'm going to quit. I'll go, I'll go somewhere else where my work will be. And done. they will hire me and they yeah. will. Because trust and believe, like, it's easier to walk over to an employer to a competition and be like, well, I was here and they didn't appreciate the work I did. I did this, I did this, I did all this stuff and they didn't appreciate me. And I'm not talking about someone like, oh, I came in on my day off. I'm right, proud of you. No, like, they did extra stuff and they didn't appreciate me and I asked them to appreciate me and they chose not to. You know, and I think an employer would be like, all right, you just maybe need someone to water your plant and you need someone to water you because essentially they Here's didn't do that to you. And uh, I'm going to, this, this phone is ridiculous right now. Today. <laughs> well, but, I think, and I think to your point too, like doing those things does build your, does make you a better employee. Cause like, even though you're not being necessarily being compensated for it, like you're learning, you're learning new skills, you're learning, you're broadening your portfolio so that when you do apply for a new job, you can say, hey, not only did I do what was required of me, I did these extra well, did things, more. I've learned these things, I think yep. there's value in that, let me yep. give it to you and let you compensate me appropriately because my yeah, job exactly. here won't do it. So exactly. I think, so I, I definitely agree that like being passive aggressive and not doing those, extra, going the extra mile is not the answer. But again, at the same time, there's a, there's like, there's a, there's a flip can't side. Pay, can't, can't pay your worth can't pay your worth that you feel your worth is and if you're unhappy then just leave the job yeah don't disrespect the job by doing the minimum mm -hmm. and then because you, you're might damage their brand imagine if somebody is in the food business doing the minimum cooking your dinner 
Yeah, yeah. You will not be excited about that. Well, I, I think, like, anecdotally, I think of, like, my brother-in-law. Like, he was working for an accounting firm, and they were working him to death. And he walked in there and said, hey, I've been offered another opportunity elsewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm going to beat feet. And they immediately were like, oh, hold on. And they promoted him to, like, they promoted him to a vice presidential position. They gave him a, a bigger team. Like, they increased his compensation because he was like, look, I'm because he went and had a very frank discussion. Like, this is what I'm doing. No, like, look, it's yeah. what I've done. Yeah. Y'all are not seeing it, so I'm out. Yeah. And they immediately, like, oh, well, hold on, time out. We're going to fix that. And they did. Like, you know. Uh, and it might work for some people. Some people will be like, all right, yeah, I'm going to stay. Some people are like, nah, I'm out. Like, you should have been saw. So, I mean, I see both sides of that, too. Yeah. But some people agree. Are like that. passive aggressive and passive aggressiveness in any way, shape, or form is not the answer. Like, you know, like you said, like when it comes to relationships, I do agree. It's you're probably cheating if you're like, well, I'm passive aggressive. Like, you know, like it's one thing if you were just dating somebody, but if you've been this with this person for a little while, for a little while, like six months or more, you're yeah. probably talking like, you know, one person sees this as a relationship, the other person may not. <laughs> right, but and you you're passive aggressively. Like, like, yeah, cheat. you should probably you're be just... pretty upfront about the fact that hey, this isn't working out. I don't see a future in this. That's you know, some real coward you, stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. And for those oh, that are yeah. married, you know, you know, Ashley Madison doesn't count as like, you know, that <laughs> like, you know, that's not the right way answer either, you know, like um not the way. Yeah, not the yeah. way. So, and and then from an employee standpoint standard, like if you're if, if you're not happy with someone, fire them. Like just they just fire them. Like forget like don't play this game of like I'm going to get what I can out of them, but I'm not going to promote them. Well, then that's not fair to that individual. So, let them go. Um, yeah, man. Well, hey, I think we've so I think we've definitely hit thirty minutes. Um, uh, so, but before I close this out, I want to see like we've had some good conversation. Today. I want to see if there's anything else you want to bring up, or if there's anything else we need to hit up on. I think uh, what last Sunday we weren't on um, in Game of Thrones episode one um, yeah, we, happened. <laughs> yeah, we we talked briefly about this. You know, uh, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good show. I can I can it'll keep me watching. But at the end of the day, I I. I I, I fail to see how consequential this series is going to be given that it takes place 127 years prior to the events of Game of Thrones. Like, at the end of the day, the Targaryens are still going to be in power, regardless of whether or not it's a girl or a guy. Like, we know yeah. they're going to hold on to this power for some time after this. So what what's yeah. the big freaking deal? <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, uh, I watched it the other day, and it just feels like a cash grab. That's what it feels like because it's like you're watching it, and you're like, Okay, a lot of blonde-haired people, and just <laughs> yeah. well, here we are. I, actually, that's a question. I, I wonder if you get married to the Targaryens, you have to bleach your hair white, because like, I, like there were definitely like I look around the room, like wait a minute, either they're all in, this is an ancestral family, right? Or like you have like part of the requirement is you got bleach. Like you're, obviously that black guy that's married to the queen to the to the or former princess. Did not have bleached white hair when he no, showed up. No, he did so not. Like, <laughs> he did not. He did not. And it's like, first I thought it was more of a race situation. Like, oh, that's their race. But like, no, that's their family. And then they all got blonde hair. Like, platinum blonde. So it's like, it's uh, it's interesting. And it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough cash, cash grab. Hey, HBO. Does, uh, does the carpet have to match the drapes? I believe yeah, so. Do you, have, do you have to bleach everything? Everything <laughs> must be bleached. Everything. Total... All bleached, all, arms, all legs, all <laughs> white, white and clean, He's very sterile. White, <laughs> clean. Yes, exactly. It, it must, it must shine in the sun because there's just no way. And, and it feels like it just, it the show feels like cash grab because we were talking about the idea, like the difference between this show and you talk about like Obi Wan. 
well, Obi-Wan is the show that, yeah, we know what happens. We saw him as a young man in episode one, and we saw him die episode six? Six? No, episode four. Three, four, four, four. Yeah. Episode four. So you saw him die, and, you you know, he lived a full life. And, yeah, the Obi-Wan series has some stuff in between that, that people liked. And you could come up with a bunch of lore because 20 years before he even meets Luke. Oh, actually, trains Luke. So you have all this time that can fill in. You're like, all right, cool, and you could you could be stuck in the mythos. But this show is a hundred plus years ago. Like by the time the show ends, you might see the birth of uh, the grandfather of the. Well, we're talking about this, and even then, yeah, maybe the great great grandfather because it's the eight great generations. <laughs> we are not invested with anybody. We'd be invested in the 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 redhead sorceress lady, whatever, because yeah, she Mal would. Sandra. Yeah. She'd be the only one. Yeah. You know, because it be, but that's it. It's like, can you build a show off that character just being around? Like, we liked Game of Thrones original because of Littlefoot and yeah. all these other <laughs> characters. You know, <laughs> Littlefoot was a very conniving guy, man. Everything he was on screen, you're like, you know, some shit was going down. But, you know, other stuff, Jon Snow and all his characters, they were intriguing characters, and you saw where the intrigue was going on. This is like, we know what's going to happen. And how do you fight a nation with dragons? They have Again, dragons. I mean, it's it's it'll be interesting to see how this inner family conflict, you know, divides the entire realm, right? Like this idea that, like the idea of a queen over in a sing on the Iron Throne is so abysmal, so so that, taboo that 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 apparently people are willing to go to war over it, right? So, um, I think that that's compelling. But at the end of the day, like the Targaryen, we know what happens. Charge. Right. We know what happens. <laughs> so, we know what happens. Yeah. We, we get to the series since her and her brother and her brother's a scumbag. We get it. Yeah. So it's like, whatever. We, we, yeah. So, yeah. It, it, I, I mean, it's... Even uh, then, like, the, the, what's weirder, even more weird about the series is that, like, before this episode, this season's even out, they're going to fast forward to where they're adults, where the queen is a full-on adult. So, like, they're, they're recasting the younger characters halfway through <sighs> the season because they're going to fast forward in time. So, so there's, they, no bu- there's no buy-in. Yeah, I don't. There's no buying for us. Yeah, they've already decided to renew it for season two. So, what? yeah, so I mean, it's gonna be oh, around. Man. That's it. Next week and, we're talking I mean, about it, HBO well, Max. Next week, apparently, it's got the viewership because it practically broke HBO Max when oh, they the, the first episode probably broke HBO Max. But... HBO Max is broken right now, and we're gonna talk about it next. Well, week. it's gonna be it's gonna be more broken because now that Discovery uh, was oh. it, was it Warner Brothers Discovery has mm-hmm. made a ton has dumped a ton of content. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna talk about that next week. We haven't talked about that. Oh yeah, it's about to get juicy. Cause yeah, I got some stuff to say about that. All right, well then, next, all right. Next week we'll we're gonna talk we'll talk more about we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk pop, pop, pop culture at the next one. We'll talk about that you know the Warner Discovery thing. Um, although I gotta say, like none of the content they just like I'm not gonna lie, I have no interest in a Batgirl movie. So that didn't really. Don't you do feeling. that? Don't you do that? Don't do that? No, no, don't do that. I'm not. I'm just sorry. Oh, no. I hadn't. It was one. It wasn't something I was dying to see. Um, so I can't really say I'm missing the fact that that's not happening. So I don't know. And then the new Batman animated series. Hey, we had it already. It, it oh, was great. That that the Batman animated series was awesome. Not this, I'm not missing the, it. <laughs> see now, see I don't want to talk about it, but here we are. Like it had J.J. Abrams still behind it. It had a lot of people behind it, and I like the Batman animated series. So I'm all about the reboot. If Disney could come out with the with the X Men '99, they are. Am That's I happening. right? That's yeah, they are. So you could you could do Batman animated series that does the same thing, and I'd be right there front row watching it with my wife. We'd be right there. 
right? I, 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 we're right there. I don't know, man. I'm so, just, yeah. Right now, no, nothing that – nothing. I'm not heartbroken by any decisions they're making, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All, say about mm-hmm. all right, we'll talk more about mm-hmm. next week. That's to give you yes. a preview. Yes, we will. That, that's a preview for next week, folks. Uh, so hope you hung out with us. Or thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for listening. Uh, with that, you know – uh, I'll turn quickly over to my, my co-host here, Mr. Locke, for any closing remarks. Hey, I, I appreciate you guys li- lis- listening and, uh, you know, hope you guys take it easy out here in this wild world we live in. If you guys got any ideas for the show, shoot us a line. Uh, we're willing to talk about anything. We're pretty uh, cultured guys and we could talk about anything. So it's not, ain't no thing. Uh, beyond that, uh, you guys take it easy and, uh, you know, be safe out there. Agreed. And I concur with everything my, my co-host has said. That being said, y'all have a great week. Stay blessed. We're out. Thank you.